This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And that every tongue should confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is in the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but as much more now in my absence, with fear and trembling, work out your salvation. For it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to accomplish, according to his good will. And do ye all things without murmurings and hesitations, that you may be blameless and sincere children of God, without reproof, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Those words were taken from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, and they are directly relevant to our story today, because the unfortunately named Cardinal Marx has gone on the record to say that we should not use fear of hell and damnation as a means of evangelization. That quote from sacred scripture comes from the most accurate English translation of the Bible, the Dewey Rames translation. And its notes on that section say that fear it is speaking of is, quote, against the false faith and presumption, presumptuous security of modern sectaries, unquote. Modern sectaries. What does that mean? Remember, the modernists are not truly Catholic, for in promoting their errors, they reject many of the dogmas of the faith. They may, that may be a harsh thing to say, but sacred scripture tells us to reject the false gospel of the modernists, as well as any other sect that promotes false security be it false doctrines like once saved, always saved, or the bizarre notions of the Calvinists, or any of these other bizarre heresies. And Cardinal Marx instead wants to promote the cult of mercy. Let's look at what he said precisely so we can see the madness of possibly the most notorious modernist in the West today. Headline from LifeSite News. Cardinal Marx, spreading fear of hell, undermines the gospel. The German cardinal also said that sometimes one has to say, stop the religion. <laughs> I, I can't even. It's stories like this that slowly lead to me almost burning out in the last month. But onward and upward. The LifeSite article summarizes a short article from katholisch.de, and I know I probably said that wrong, and I'll just read the whole thing. It's short, so don't worry. Best to get the information directly from the most accurate source. Quote, Cardinal Marx, sometimes you have to say, stop religion. All religions essentially serve peace, says Cardinal Reinhard Marx. Where that is buried, one has to raise one's voice. The Cardinal also explains why the Church must not spread fear from hell or whatever. Augsburg, January 9th, 2020. January 9th seems to have been a pretty bad day. According to Cardinal Reinhard Marx from Munich, religion is not always helpful for peace. Sometimes you have to say, stop religion. Said Marx on Wednesday's evening at the Augsburg Peace Talks, which the city of Augsburg's peace office was responsible for. The chairman of the German Bishops' Conference and the Archbishop of Munich and Friesing added that he believed that all religions essentially serve peace. <laughs> Sometimes this core is very spilled. <sighs> Sorry. Religion should not be used against people or to maintain power. The president of the Council of the Evangelical Church in Germany and Bavarian Bishop Heinrich Bedford-Strom said that peace needs the church because it needs everyone. 
The church is special in that it is part of their DNA to make reconciliation. In the past, the church was criticized for its blessing of arms, said Bedford Strom, today, among other things, for its commitment to environmental protection. I prefer the latter. The charisma of the church does not depend on the number of members. Regarding the role of the churches in society, the regional bishop said, The charisma of the church does not depend on the number of members. It is about enthusiastically advocating the gospel and showing that you live as a Christian out of this power. In the meantime, it was natural that fewer people, from freedom, are church members than before, since many were by convention. Marx added, We do not want to change the society of freedom. One shouldn't exclude anyone just because he doesn't want to come to church every Sunday. Where fear is spread, from hell or whatever, the gospel cannot work. The Augsburg Peaks talks were titled, Does the Church Need Peace? Held for the first time. In the future, according to the organizers, representatives from science, politics, culture, religion, and sport will talk about interculturality, migration, integration, diversity, and, of course, multi-religious dialogue twice a year. The talks refer to the Augsburg Religious Peace of 1555. They are intended to promote understanding of current developments in heterogeneous societies, present new perspectives and concrete options for action, and encourage active participation in the shaping of social processes. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love false peace. That conference is the embodiment of the spirit of Vatican II. But did you notice that they didn't even mention what, which religion was most responsible for violence in the modern world? Strange that. I guess targeting either atheism in that way and, well, you know, another religion aren't politically correct at the moment. Honestly, I don't get this rejection of the fear of hell, other than maybe he doesn't believe in hell or thinks that the only people there are Germany's Mr. Mustache and climate deniers. But aside from truly evil people like that, maybe he doesn't believe anyone is there, so we should stop using fear of eternal damnation to help people move to the faith. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I just can't fathom the thinking that says fear of hell is a bad thing. Nor can I fathom the idea that all religions are even close to being equally to blame for the religious violence we see in the world today. And that's the implication. As the article points out, the site and name of the conference is the giveaway, with some rather implicit anti-Christian tone in the conference that is promoting interreligious dialogue. It kind of makes you wonder, though, doesn't it, what this guy actually believes? Would he dare to correct Christ himself? I seem to recall Christ talking an awful lot about hell, with it being one of the main subjects he spoke about. Does Cardinal Marx not think that people will be cast into the outer darkness where there will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth? Does he not believe that people will be cast into the fires of Gehenna, as our Lord said they would be? At the most basic level, fear of hell can make someone reevaluate the life they are leading if they have any doubts about their state in life. But I guess that doesn't matter. All that matters is interreligious dialogue that goes on forever with no end in sight. In our age of rampant impurity, we could all use more fear of hell. Our Lady warned us at Fatima that hell is very real, and that countless souls go to hell in the end because of impurity. Not that I expect Cardinal Marx believes any of that anyway. I mean, after all, he's busy at work with rather German bishops, pushing for a reworking of Catholic sexual morality. But Our Lady gave those warnings at Fatima, and that begs a question. Was Our Lady wrong for showing hell to the children? Was she wrong for showing them that hell was very much populated by the souls of lost sinners? In case you've forgotten what that message was about, here are the words of Sister Lucia that describes what she saw when she was a child. Quote, Mary opened her hands once more, as she had done with the, two, with the two previous months. The rays of light appeared to penetrate the earth, and we saw, as it were, a vast sea of fire. Plunged into this fire, we saw the demons and the souls of the damned. 
The latter were like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze, having human forms. They were floating about in that conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames which issued from within themselves, together with great clouds of smoke. Now they fell back on every side like sparks and huge fires, without weight or equilibrium, and shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us and made us tremble with fright. It must have been this sight which caused me to cry out as people say they heard me. The demons were distinguished from the souls of the damned by their terrifying and repellent likeness to frightful and unknown animals, black and transparent like burning coals. That vision only lasted for a moment thanks to our good Heavenly Mother, who at the first apparition had promised to take us to heaven. Without that, I think we would have died of terror and fear. End quote. Many have tried to dismiss those words as the fantasies of children. That is patently not true, but again, many have dismissed Fatima or tried to change it into some silly anti-communist message, when the reality is far worse and far more terrifying than anything man can cook up. The fact that Marx and others counter-signal against warning people from a life of sin and hell is pure modernism of the worst kind. Souls are literally at stake, and every single day, people die and face their judgment. We all eventually will face our judgment as well. But there is one basic question I have before I shift to address something else he said. Most people when asked think that loving God and God's loving them in return is enough when they've redefined love to suit their own ends. So much of religion in the modern world has been reduced to a group hug kumbaya session that sin and repentance no longer have any meaning. And if they have no real meaning, then what did our Lord save us from on the cross? Someone should ask the Cardinal that question. I'd love to see his response. I'll end this with a little bit of trivia. Once upon a time, the church blessed weapons. That sounds strange to some ears, as some self-described tribes get very angsty around guns and the like, but the church has in, and in some quarters still does bless firearms and other weapons. You might have seen pictures floating around of Latin Rite priests with guns in their hands. It amuses me when I see them. The blessing of weapons does continue today, mostly in the East, and by the East I do mean by the Eastern Orthodox. Cardinal Marx forgets some lines of sacred scripture when he gets the willies thinking about this practice. The Dewey Rams of Psalm 144 says, Blessed be the Lord my God, who teacheth my hands to fight and my fingers to war, my mercy and my refuge, my support and my deliverer, my protector, and I have hope in him, who subdueth my people under me. Then again, the contemporary church shies away from the language of the militant and is ashamed of its own history, defeating the Saracens and Jerusalem and Lepanto and, well, you name it. We live in abject denial of the state of the world, and instead think that we are called to be slaughtered like lambs, as if that was what was meant by turn the other cheek. Should weapons be blessed? I mean, they are merely tools like anything else, and great destruction has been wrought by the misuse of other tools not designed for violence. I live in Oklahoma, and the worst tragedy in this state's history was the result of some simple farm tools being used by a lunatic for evil ends. Yet farm equipment frequently is blessed to this day. But we know why Marx and others cringe at this sort of talk. The body of believers in the hierarchy have become outwardly effeminate. That's why a false gospel of globalism and group hugs has been embraced. It is far easier to just turn over and let yourself be exploited than it is to defend yourself against aggression. It can often be profitable if you are yourself not at risk. That kind of thinking is behind the amount of money the various bishops' conferences receive for resettlement, and the result is that hierarchy chooses not to speak against Moloch worship and the evils the governments push on the world. At this point, we expect a Catholic charity to be involved in some great evil because of the effeminacy of the bishops who oversee them. That's the sad truth of the situation. Before anybody thinks that I'm advocating militarism and such, no, I'm not. What are your thoughts on all this? I mean, I get it. You probably can't scare too many people into believing by talking a lot about hell, but at the same time, we hear so little about it that most people don't believe in it anymore anyway. 
It doesn't help when people like Cardinal Marx and Bishop Barron say pretty heterodox things on the subject as it is. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.